Amen. 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 Woo. What a way to, to move forward. Amen. I thank God. Oh, goodness. I love that song. That is my favorite song. That's been my song for 2020. <laughs> Truly has. Um, woo. So giving honor to God, Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, to our bishop, assistant pastor, to everyone, welcome. Welcome to this amazing Sunday. I thank God for it. Um, I am so happy to see my family is on the line with me today. Um, happy for my sister, my aunt, my grandmother, um, and all of you. Truly um, blessed to be here today. Um, I want to read for you. Uh, my my uh, title for today is Flesh Throngs, But Faith Touches. Flesh throngs, but faith touches. And you guys are going to get an understanding of why I picked that title directly. Um, I'm going to read for you again, uh, Mark 5, 27 through 28. But I'm actually going to read 25 through 34. Because I really want you guys to get the big picture of the story. And we know that this story right here was with the woman with the issue of blood. But before I go into the scripture, can... Uh, let me go into the scripture. Sorry, guys. <laughs> So Mark 5, 25-34, it says, Now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years and had suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, If only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up. She felt in her body that she was healed from the affliction. And Jesus immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, who touched me? His disciples said to him, you see the multitude thronging you and you say, who touched me? I like that. He's like, what, you touched me, what? And he looked around to see her who had done this thing. But the woman fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Again, the flesh throngs, but faith touches. Please bow your head with me as we go in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, God, I thank you for this word, Lord Jesus, that you had just permeated my heart with, God. God, I pray right now in this very time, God, that this will be a word for your people, God that you would just have your way, God, guide and direct and touch, God, because I already thank you for the outcome, Lord. God, I thank you for each and every vessel who is on here today, who is open, Father God, and for the blessings that you have to bestow upon your people, Lord, that you see, that you see fit, Father God. As we move on, I thank you throughout today. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen, amen. So the title again, The Flesh Throngs, But the Faith touches. Now, many of us have encountered this passage several times, right? Raise your hand if you know about the woman with the issue of blood, right? Hey, hey, hold them high. So we know that this passage, you've been encountered for this passage several times about the woman and she has her issue of blood. We know that the gospels of Matthew, Mark, and Luke, they share her story, right? I am so sorry if y'all heard that. My cat is behind me. Please help me, y'all, while I'm preaching and my cat is doing his thing. Please. <laughs> but, you know, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, they really tell about her story and all of their facts and how they identified with her, right? Mark shares with us the woman was dealing with a chronic issue, the issue of blood for not just a few years, but 12 years, 12 years. Many have identified her affliction of blood as a chronic internal hemorrhaging, where the blood kept bleeding, right? It kept going out. And it was not as easy. Can everyone hear me? 
Yes, great. And so over these years, Mark shares that she did not get any better. Matter of fact, she grew worse. Mark 5, 26. He even goes in further to state that she suffered many other things. So think about this, having the issue of blood for 12 years, but then you're having something done where you're having migraine headaches, intense pain. You're having to take all these different types of medications, but it's not getting any better. Then we find out that she spent everything that she had in search for a cure, right? She sent everything that she had to search for a cure. She saw multiple physicians, but none had the capability to provide her with a cure. If we go even further in, right, I'm pretty sure that she went from drug to drug. A lot of the new drugs that are going out there where we just learned about yesterday that there are new drugs. So she took advantage of all those opp opportunities that were there. She said, I'm going to try this drug today. I'm going to go to Rite Aid, get my drug from Rite Aid for $25. You know, I'm going to go to CVS. The doctor is under Penn State. OK, I might have to go to Temple. I might have to go to Jefferson Hospital. I might need to go over to Einstein. But right. But guess what? None of it transpired, <laughs> you know, and then I'm pretty sure like herself, I was one too, where I was on a continual medical test subject. Right. You thought, you know what? I may not have had to spend too much money. And they, they said they would give me some hope, but there was no outcome to being a test subject. And so she dealt so much more with this. But you know what? What even made it even worse? We got to identify what the law of the land said about a woman with the issue of blood. They identified her in Leviticus 15, 25 to 27, basically stating that, you know what, the covenant of the law basically said that she was labeled as a permanently unclean person in society, permanently, meaning that you cannot erase what they said about her, that she was distanced from, she was separated from the people, right? She could not even have fellowship with people. Listen, I may not even have been on a call with you guys if I was that woman back in the day. We still virtual and you probably still couldn't even see my face or hear my voice today. You know, that's how that's how difficult it was. And I know it caused so much tension in her mind. Right. So this meant that no one could interact with her, that she was labeled as an outcast, unclean, soiled and unworthy. She was ostracized from society. Her family excluded her from both the synagogue and the temple. She went through much pain physically, mentally, and emotionally, affecting her own self-worth. So guess what? This was her life or death situation. And I want to say this. I want you guys to think about it this way. I've been in a situation like that myself. And at times, we label our own selves in that same manner. So if I was like the woman with the issue of blood and other people were giving her all these identities, this false identity, if you guys can see it, where now she had to wear a three by five card everywhere that she walked around that said that she was unclean. Another one that highlighted that people could identify and see that she was an outcast or even another one that so people could already see that she was unworthy. And at times, guess what? We put it on ourselves and we wear it. And if that for 12 years, she took on that identity. She took on that identity for 12 years. But we all are dealing with our own life or death situations. So I want you to think about this for yourself. What am I dealing with? What title have I put on me? What, what have I labeled myself? Other people are labeling you and giving you false hope, but what have I accepted? At times we, we kind of go with the crowd, right? We go with the, the crowd, the thronging of people who are just inquiring, but have no belief. So you may be dealing with multiple changes that are affecting you in today's time in 2020, a big effect that hit us all was COVID-19. 
So we're including that into our bowl of things that are affecting our lives, right? But you know, the story continues on with the woman with the issue of blood. Uh, yes. <laughs> I can say that this, that this woman made the move, and I love it. She made the move of faith. She took the biggest life-changing risk ever, Jesus Christ. She tried everything in the face of adversity. She still claimed power of healing, and I love it because guess what? She went to find out about Jesus. She went to know, and she had hope in knowing that this person could heal me, that Jesus could heal. So guess what? She was moving in power now, and I love it. She was moving in the power of healing because she believed that something would happen, right? At that time, she didn't know someone. <laughs> but even in her weakest state, her mind was open to hope. This right here is an example of perseverance. One, knowing that you're coming down to your last penny, still fighting for a cause. She dealt with afflictions that many of us can relate to. Health issues, finances, loss of work, discrimination, loneliness, depression, and so much more. She had heard about a man named Jesus who heals the sick, raises the dead, and casts out demons. Now, you know, my boy Jesus, right? He was already on his journey, journey through Capernaum on his way to heal the daughter. And I love this daughter of Jairus who was having issues and was scared for his own child's health. Now, even in the midst of that, while having multitudes of people thronging themselves. Now, this word thronging, right? That's nothing but flesh. It's like, basically, I'm going to a concert because I want to inquire who this person is. I'm going to stand in the crowd, but I'm not going to be moved, right? I'm going to just stand right there. I'm going to shout. I'm like, oh, who is this? But I really don't believe in you. You okay. I paid all my money. Yes, I want to come see you. <laughs> but I, I just want to be with the crowd, basically. I want to be with the group of people, not really to see about you myself. So the great thing here is that, one, she took hope in her in her hands and she moved. And I love this because as soon as she moved, the word of God says that suddenly the woman came from behind and touched the hem of Jesus garment stating, I shall be made well. I love it. Basically, genuine saving faith, genuine saving faith. That was her mindset, genuine saving faith. In an instant, her faith collided with Christ's sovereign power. She was an open vessel despite her illness, despite being identified as unclean, despite also the labels that she carried around with us. She dropped the labels, right? And then she also, in that time, hearing her hearing the man named Jesus, finding out his location. Listen, she found out his location. She pushed through the multitudes of people and firmly made up in her mind to reach out and touch the hem of his garment. Guess what? She made a full commitment in faith. I love it. She made a full commitment in faith. So what full commitment in faith are you making for yourselves right now? What full commitments in faith are you really relying on God and expecting Jesus to do in your life? What full commitments of faith? I can stay right here, right? That's a good word, full commitment of faith. But you know what? She made an intentional move to believe in Jesus Christ as her savior. She was sound in her function. The authors, the one thing I loved and I noticed, the authors never mentioned that she second guessed, never did that. She, we never heard that she second guessed, that she had to think, that she actually maybe a little bit timidly walked up, right? She made, we never knew that. She just persevered over to God, over to Christ. She took the life-changing risks. Christ Jesus and her biggest reward was wholeness and soul salvation. I love it. She was made well. I like the word well, parentheses, whole. She was made whole and given the title of daughter, right? 
Given the title of daughter and in an instance, her life changed and she took on a new role. No longer identified as unclean, which was the human mindset, but now the daughter of God. Galatians 3.26 says, for you are all sons, daughters of God through faith in Christ Jesus. So guess what? You are a part of the family. No matter what other people may say about you, you are a daughter or son of God in the faith of Christ Jesus. Guess what? You are a part of the family. Okay, so this holiday season, while you're home and we may be separated from each other, guess what? We still family. All right. We are still family. We may be separated physically, but not mentally. Spiritually, guess what? You are a part of the family. Now, this quote, when I say the quote, the flesh throngs and the faith touches, I got it and I referenced it from William McDonald when I was reading the Bible commentary. And I love this quote because it stuck with me. To make it a title because the woman had the issue of blood moved by faith to see Jesus Christ. Now, while the general public was falling and operating out of inquiry, she is a living example of one who moved in faith and also in a sound mind. Our Savior's power released into a vessel and also already decided for him to be her Savior, her, re her rescuer, her redeemer, and her liberator. And I love it. Now, we all make decisions almost every hour or more. But the greatest decision that we could ever make was accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and personal Savior. Just like the woman with the issue of blood, believing that he loves you. She believed that he loves her. She believed what he could do and what he did do, which was made her well. Meaning that she had that issue no more. Not at all. Meaning that understanding that he died on the cross, that he gave of his life for you and I, that he rose again with all power in his hands, knowing that in him, guess what? We live and we have everlasting life in him, in him. So I love this because once she touched the hem of his garments, we know that she felt, he felt her power and his power collide with one another. His power and her power collide with one another. And that's what made him inquire, who touched me? See, though he already knew her, <laughs> he wanted other people to know of her as well, too. And that's where the testimony comes into play, right? As we testify every Sunday, don't forget to really give up and let them know what God has done for you. Because that's where her testimony had to come in play. A lot of times, I've had all this week people tell me that, you know, um, a lot of times people were saying, you know what, I'm more so um, introverted, but a lot of people assume I'm extroverted. Or I had some people say, you know what, I'm kind of both. I'm introverted and extroverted. But with the woman of, with the woman with the issue, the previous issue, God automatically made her an extrovert to go out to the public, to share with them what he had done, to increase her faith, but also to identify for everyone else to see that God is sovereign that Jesus Christ is the healer, that he is the one that we should follow and believe in because he did so much abundantly in her life in that one instant. Just think about it, for him to do it that quickly for her, how fast he could do it for you, how much more he's moved in your life, how much more he's operated in your life. Just by that and by hearing of the word, it makes so much more of a change. So guess what? I'm pretty sure she was on a journey now, right? He healed her. He set her free. She was no longer identified as what the public saw, that she was unclean, unworthy, that she was isolated. No, but he actually gave her a purpose as well, too, that she moved forth and she became the daughter of God. And guess what? Her labels changed. If you can see it, her label changed. She was now worthy, right? If she was now, 
She was now identified as worthy. She was now identified as faithful, right? She was now identified as whole. She was now identified as loved. She was now identified as daughter of God. Her whole label changed. Now, like her, I'm going to wear these labels and I'm going to wear them proudly because guess what? I know who I serve. I know the one who's been there for me to keep me even, even in the worst of times, even in a time where I could have been dead. I could have been crying. I never really thought that I, I was worth anything, but God always showed himself. He always shows you in the grace and mercy of who he is and what he does for you. And I love this, the salvation and love of Jesus Christ and his healing hand and his healingness, guess what, is power that we can all rest on. And even after receiving the healing, I'm pretty sure she focused on Hebrews 3.14, where he says, for we have become partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast until the end. In the beginning, you got confidence. But I want to make sure that you're continuing to hold it to this day and forevermore. Listen, her identity was a sound and confidence knowing that she is a part of the family of God. And I'm quite sure that she became a spokesperson sharing her experience to others across the globe, right? And so my question is to you is, what experiences are you showing? What are you doing? How are you going out and just talking about it? What are you doing? What are you sharing about the love of God over you? We can come across each other, have family time, love one another. But this season, which we're in right now, this is his season. This is his season that we're going in time to prepare and celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, right? This is his time that we can just praise and worship and glorify him even the more because he is birth. This is his season. What he's done, his being birth, his growing, his nature, his, his mindset, him being the savior that he is, our great and loved one. Guess what? God created him. He gave himself up for us that we may be saved. He didn't see us as other people saw us. He didn't see our labels, but he sees our heart. He knows us better than we all know ourselves. And I want you to understand this. As we prepare to celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ, if you haven't already, I want you to make an intentional move, a move of faith to accept him into your life, knowing that guess what? He is there for you just like he was there for the woman with the issue of blood. Even in passing, guess what? You may have heard of him before, but you can make that full change to accept him as your own Lord and Savior. And if you accepted him, is there anything in your life right now that requires a faith move? Is there anything? Is there anything that requires a faith move? And if you have it, the Bible says that we walk by faith and not by sight. So we are in a season of giving. God is ready to release some things in your life, but it's going to require that you move in faith like this woman did. The flesh throngs, but faith touches. Amen. <laughs> so make that move of faith. Make that move a thief. Thank you.